0: Jays win a game with pretty insane offensive output. Uh, kind of hard for your scary and or hype train to do poorly in this one. Uh, Springer was good. Realmuto was good. Harper hit the ball. Who was your hype train? I don't remember. Rymel Tapia. Yeah. Rymel was a dog. Everyone was a dog. Jays win 18-11. We're going to talk about it. Lockdown Blue Jay starts right now.
1: You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Matt Bonaparte, Ben Shulman with you on Wednesday. It's your Wednesday episode. Thanks for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Talking Blue Jays, uh, 18-11, huge victory over the Phillies. Uh, against a team that, as of right now, is a playoff team. So I think that there's uh, some merit to take in that, even though the Phillies of playoff teams are probably one of the weaker ones. But, hey, we have talked about recently how a lot of the times this offense maybe doesn't show up the way we want. Can't say that today. 18 runs from the Jays scored in every single inning except the fourth. Uh, Oftentimes when... The opposing team scores five runs in the eighth. It makes it a game that I guess did make it the case as it was like 1410. But I, I put up four and then top of the ninth. So it didn't matter. Uh, they just kept going uh, and they did it in a game where Vladdy goes one for six. I mean, it, not necessarily the biggest of stars getting the job done, although little Teoscar four for five. That does help. But hey, uh, this lineup was absolutely fantastic today. It's one of those games where you're really happy because your team scored so many runs, but at the same time, Ross Stripling gave up five and four innings and really was not all that sharp. So you kind of have a conversation there, and we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about playoff starters uh, next block. But Ross giving up five and four, I mean, my red flags haven't really gone up, but not what you want to see from Ross.
1: No, and then in turn, uh, not what you want to see from Merriweather later in the game. It, like you said, you know, the, the five-run eighth didn't exactly get back, get them back into the game. Um, the four-run fifth really kind of did. After uh, the Blue Jays at one point were leading seven to one, that turns into a seven to five game. So just kind of two opportunities to not have any anxiety about the game, and because they didn't necessarily perform the way they needed to, they had to feel a little bit more anxiety than necessary they didn't use leverage relievers at, at least that would be you know more upsetting with the exception of Mesa pitching one inning it wasn't like they had to really burn through the the big guys in their pen that they're open to use to sure. close out this series and and you know look ahead to tampa but uh yeah ideally you know you wouldn't have to come up with Eight runs in the eighth and ninth inning when you've already scored in every frame uh, but one going through the seventh. But it was just that kind of game. And thankfully for the Blue Jays, they managed to have a ton of offense. You said it wasn't necessarily always the stars. The five through nine spots drove in the majority of. Of the runs, 15 RBIs from five through nine, and that's including the people who substituted in, in those spots later in the game. Uh you, I mean you'll take that when five through nine can can produce fifteen runs, you would take like four runs uh and be really happy about it from that part of the order. So that's at least pretty nice to see.
0: Totally. Uh I feel happy that Julian Merriweather got to be a part of this win, but he continues to show me that he's not very good at pitching. <laughs> so uh I mean one guy that is fringe playoff roster who has value in that he throws the ball harder than maybe anybody else on the Jays, but maybe aside from Romano or Romano, but uh he's just not very good. Uh Phelps though, like you said, Phelps pop come in, Mesa there, but doesn't burn him for more than an inning. Uh, I think that that's hugely a win. Uh, not exactly a bullpen game, but with Ross only going four, it's about as close to that as you are going to get. Uh, but overall, I think this is a pretty darn good win for the Jays. And going into tomorrow gives you some more momentum, but, uh, you want to save some of those runs. I mean, 18 runs, you never know. That's some baseball superstition for you. Tomorrow, um, do we see guys like Jackie Bradley Jr. play? Do we see guys like Bradley Zimmer coming and make a difference? I don't know. Uh, but we will talk a little bit about Lourdes Gurriel on the IL a little bit later because that has been a guy that the Jays have missed pretty greatly um, just because not only has he been injured, but also his numbers have gone down. So we'll talk about that a little bit later.
1: Speaking but before of- Go ahead. Can I jump in for one sec? Sure, Speaking sure. Of, Alejandro Kirk returns from not IL, but he had not played at least a couple games in a row because of injury. So to have him back, uh, you you know, he's not going to help them to 18 runs every game, but you kind of already see the influence there. He comes up with three hits. He was kind of setting the table for uh, a lot of that back half of the order with the fact that he reached base four times in the game. Uh, so to have him back and healthy, at least, uh, even if Gurriel is still out, was pretty massive for the Blue Jays uh, and clearly made a positive offensive impact.
0: So I want I, this is what I want to run by you. Um, okay. This is the second time in September the Jays have put up double-digit runs. Take a little bit of recency bias out of it, because obviously when your team scores 18 runs, you're going to think higher, higher of them. Uh, but how confident are are you in this offense compared to other playoff teams right now? Uh, Earlier in the season, we talked a lot about how it wasn't really there. And through the season, it hasn't been bad by any means. They've actually statistically been a really, really good offense this season. But I wouldn't say that there has been really good consistency to what Toronto has done. I think
1: I'm pretty high on them, but compare them to
0: the other offenses. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm I'm pretty high. I mean, they have the highest collective uh, team OPS in the American League. So that's something that you're gonna want to have. That's pretty um, crazy. And, yeah, I would not have um, guessed that. Yeah, I mean, this is pr- prior to this past game. To be honest with you, I don't know if it would have changed. But only the Braves and Dodgers have a higher and the Dodge OPS is nuts. Um, they have like <laughs> a 789 team OPS. Or
0: something.
1: <laughs> that's um, not true. But uh, I digress. The, the Blue Jays' OPS is really solid. The runs per game is is upper level. Um, so like you, I mean, I, I feel fairly confident. The reason I don't feel incredibly confident is that it seems to, you know, come in waterfalls and droughts, kind of. Uh, they'll have, you know, huge, huge nights, huge stretches, and then all of a sudden it feels like they can't buy a run sometimes. So going into the playoffs, you know, I feel like on any given night, their offense can just overpower a team, any team, any pitcher. Um, but on, on any given night, there is the possibility, albeit a lesser possibility than what I just mentioned, um, that they just come up with nothing. So it doesn't feel as consistent maybe as even the offense did at points last year. Uh, I don't know how the numbers stack up this year to last year, but it just felt a little more consistent last year, and it definitely felt more consistent you know, in 2015. Uh, For comparing kind of those teams to now, this team might peak a little bit higher, but probably doesn't have the same uh, kind of nightly assurance that they're just going to go out there and cause problems.
0: How many times do you think the Jays have had double-digit runs this season?
1: Um, they've played like 145 games or something at this point. Now they've played 148 games. I think they've had double digits. Ten times this season, I think they've had ten or more ten times
0: that's accurate that's correct. Ten times look at that for there you me. Go. brain's working good there you go. now compare that to last year. What do you think that how many times do you think they did it last year?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm gonna say they did it more times last year. I want to say they did it fourteen times last year
0: twenty three times <laughs> last year that's insane. Uh, yeah, that's nuts. That's pretty crazy. That's uh, I was just thinking about that because when you compare this team to last year, I think a lot of people thought this year they were going to come in and take a huge step up. Uh, I think they took a step up. I don't know that it was all that huge. Um, so that's a really interesting stat. Also, very interesting. They had two 20 run games. They had a, a 21, well, a 20 run game two years in a row. So I don't know how many teams do that. But 10 double digit run games this year, 23 last year. I don't know if I think you're right though, about the fact that any night they could do it to you, but they're just like hot and cold. I think it's a good way to put it like waterfall to raindrops kind of thing. um, In terms of what they can give you on any given night. I can't hear you anymore. You've gone mute. Um, All right. Well, We've got to read an ad, so I'm going to hand that over to you. Okay. I don't know. Ben has gone in the dark. I will read this ad. Hold on. Oh. Okay. Summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's what Syracuse or former lockdown Syracuse host Brad Klein told me. And he also said that's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in the line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our, our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Ben. hey Uh, We are talking
1: playoff pitchers. Yeah. 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 Um, Because, you know, we love Ross tripling. We want to make that incredibly clear before we start this. Um, But it it could seem like with with the performance he had tonight, that regression is possible for us. He went four innings, allowed five earned runs in this start against Philly, which they do have a high-powered offense, sure, um he's been good recently he definitely has not been bad whatsoever if you had looked at his past six starts before this his era was below three but it's there's no denying that the stuff like is not always dominant for ross um and if you look at some of his recent good starts prior to uh philadelphia Really good start against Tampa, who's a great team, but not a good offense. Um, Good start against Texas, bad team. Pittsburgh, bad team. Angels, bad team. Boston, bad team. I mean, that's a lot of bad teams in a row. Um, A good team, a playoff caliber team got to him. On the other side, Jose Barrios has been not very good this year, despite his stuff being really, really good. Um, But – It's been starting to turn a little bit for Jose. Uh, You know, his starts in the month of September. He's gone deep in all of them. He has a 2-4-5 ERA. uh, And those come against Baltimore and Tampa Bay exclusively, those three starts. Uh, If you go back even further, you know, he had a good start against the Yankees on August 18th. Um, So he has really shown it against some good teams uh, in the last month or so. Uh, are you at all thinking about you know if Ross doesn't make a good next starter to making Barrios your number 3 starter in this do or die potential game in the wild card round
0: i think there's definitely a conversation mostly because i don't know i think you, like i think a lot of people because of what the numbers are this year are quick to write Barrios off but if you want to put these two guys and compare them just on a stuff basis who has better stuff uh, on any given night who the highest of their highs it's Barrios, right like he is the more talented pitcher at the end of the day he is the guy who's earning the 131 million dollar extension uh, ross stripling is not although we don't know what he's gonna get and like you said stripler Barrios has kind of been there for his last three starts only given up two earned uh, in two of them one earned in the other while stripling blows up today although I think I would still go Stripling just because I've seen it all year from him, and there's less less of me that thinks Stripling will blow up rather than Barrios. Like I, I almost go into every Barrios start thinking, all right, at some point someone's going to hit a homer off of him. I don't think that when Stripling's playing, uh, I so th- I mean that's kind of the difference. And when it comes to the playoffs, you know, you want to take as little chances as, as possible. And also, it's a different start when stripling and barrios start in in the way that they're going to use the bullpen when stripling starts a lot of the time you don't think he's going to get past the fifth inning not because he's not talented but just because he's not uh you know a bred starter like that he doesn't go past five or six in most of his starts although we have seen him you know having gone deeper a little bit more recently uh i think i'd still take stripling though
1: yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. For me, it, it a lot of the time comes down to what's your confidence in your offense. Um, if you were not as confident in your offense, uh, I think you maybe take the Barrios gamble because the good of Barrios, the, the, the peak of him is going to be better. And like you said with the bullpen usage and stuff, there's a chance Barrios could give you seven innings, one run, something like that. I mean, he's done that even though he struggled this year. Those starts have been there uh, for sure from Jose Barrios. So I think if you were less confident in your offense and you were like, hey, we need a shot here to have someone dominate this game out of the three spot, we might struggle to score you go there. If you're more confident in your offense, I think you take the more mild option of strip, where the worst you're going to get is probably a night like this where it's five runs. Um, but the best you're going to get is you know six innings, one run, maybe six innings, two runs. And that allows your offense to just have to go out there and have a decent game, score, you know, five, six runs and and try and win a ball game. So I lean strip too because I don't think they need to take, you know, the blow up of Barrios is like eight runs sometimes. And I think they can feel confident in the fact that they can probably score enough that even if Ross isn't at his best, his worst, like you said, won't take them out of it. But there is, I think, some, you know, they're going to carry both on the playoff roster. They're going to carry Barrios because – if a starter, any of the starters, let's say Barrios wasn't one of the three starters. If any of them, you know, give up three runs in the first inning, they could yank them and, and put Brios in. If they don't, then they just destroy their bullpen for the rest of the series, like, and they just can't do that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I would lean Stripling, although he is potentially helpful if you don't have him as the starter. Being able to fit into so many different roles, he saved a game this year. He started games and he's pitched, you know, in in three inning relief roles too. So he is that you know that versatile guy, and it always kind of hurts him in a way that he's so versatile because he gets to stay in a role that long, except for this year where uh he's been really, really good. So I still lean him, but I I wouldn't be sh- shocked if they didn't go in because he can provide some more in a pen situation potentially than Barrios can
0: do you take any stock into the fact that stripling has pitched in more postseason games even though he's never started one he's pitched in a world series nlds nlcs al wild card game in 2020 with the jays uh actually has more postseason innings than ross does having started three different games but Ross has also pitched in twelve different postseason games compared to Barrios' three.
1: I don't, I don't know how I compare those. I don't think I hold too much water to it's it. Tough it to, to like compare you said, to be fair. Yeah, Barrios has made playoff starts. Now they've all been in. You know, I believe they've all been in losing efforts to the New York Yankees. The Minnesota um,
0: Twins have never won. Yeah, but
1: um, but at the same time, because that's so superseded him. I'm not, like, labeling him a playoff loser. Like, it's just, just Same. everyone the Twins have So that's the other there. thing I was going to say is, like, I
0: don't think he's, like, one of those types that cannot win a playoff game because those guys no. exist uh, all the time, and you see it all the time, whether it's Clayton yeah. Kershaw or Garrett Cole, uh, or at least Garrett Cole last year. There are times where even the best pitchers just can't show up. So I don't know if I'm going to label Barrios that, but he hasn't gotten a win. That's just a fact.
1: No, he hasn't. But they haven't. They have as a team haven't since like two thousand nine exactly. <laughs> or something like that. It's so. 06. 06, yeah. There you go. Even worse. It's been a while. But uh you know, I think it's I think they both have good experience. And I think potentially they can help each other a little bit in terms of like Burrios making starts, stripling making runs. They fit each other's puzzle. Um but I'm going with stripling and I'm going with the fact that audio listeners are probably gonna hear some ads like right. Now.
0: Facts they just did. Hope that was a good ad. Yeah. Um, good all righty. Team. Let's uh let's talk Lourdes. And hopefully they will see him soon. Ben Nicholson Smith said,
1: What? Ben Nicholson Smith said uh on Tuesday, September 20th at 448. Quote, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is working out at a hashtag Blue Jays Player Development Complex in Florida, hitting and throwing drills, running further behind at the moment. Uh, Gurriel Jr. expected to meet Jays at the Trop. That's their series coming up Thursday to Sunday. Uh, may well take longer for him to be activated, though, depending on progression. If you don't remember, he took that lunge into first, left hamstring, uh, Resume baseball activities on the weekend, but I guess now it's gone to Florida, and I guess that's a good thing. I don't. Really, no, because he was with the team at home. But I guess they're just like, hey, why doesn't he go to Florida and meet us there? It logistically kind of makes sense uh, with them going to St. Petersburg. So that's what Ben Nicholson-Smith plus a little bit of Ben Shulman has to say.
0: Thank you, Ben Nicholson-Smith and Ben Shulman. We appreciate your contributions. Um, Lourdes has had a really interesting year because in like July he was arguably the best hitter on the team having he, at one point this season he had a 318 average he had a 370 nearly 367 OBP uh, and an 811 OPS now he's fallen from that grace and now he's at 291 with a 743 OPS the last time he played on September 7th but Still, he's a pretty valuable part of this lineup, just being a contact bat, which is something that has kind of gone uh, missing in baseball these days. I think this is one of the lowest league average years of all time. Um, but it's Lord the lowest coming uh, back. Sorry, it's the lowest Go since 1968,
1: ahead. the year of the pitcher.
0: Wow, that's pretty crazy. That was when yep. Bob Gibson had just went nuts. They changed like, a like multiple
1: rules. Because of that year, <laughs> yeah,
0: multiple rules. That's pretty crazy. Um, now you got me looking at Bob Gibson's stats. He had a one-one-two ERA that year. He was so <laughs> freaking good. It's just stupid. Like a
1: one-one-two ERA is stupid in like three hundred innings. Uh
0: yes 304 innings yeah like <laughs> 305 nearly I mean. that's, that's not
1: more impressive to me than it's just dude, like, he had
0: a uh... 0.8 whip like that's so stupid <laughs> it's stupid anyway uh lord is coming back i think means a decent amount to this team who uh not necessarily is hugely lacking in the outfield now but i don't really like seeing wit play all that much and Jackie Bradley Jr.'s bat doesn't do anything for me. And unless he's playing Justin Verlander, neither does Machines. So
1: congrats to Jackie Bradley Jr. on his first Blue Jay home run, though. That's true, cool.
0: True. Big for him. That's nice. Comes in a uh, 18 to 1 win where they just didn't need it. But <laughs> we'll take it anyway. Um,
1: hey, we'll take it. Um, yeah, it's been a weird fin- year for Mortis. But sorry, finish your point. What were you saying?
0: No, I was going to ask you a question. I was going to say, okay. just on Whit Merrifield. Do you think you could accurately tell me what his average in OPS as a blue jay is through thirty games?
1: Oh, it's not good. Um I'm That's gonna accurate, say, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. His average is 191. And his I'm gonna OPS wait till you give the other one. Is five fifty six.
0: Batting average is one ninety-two. So you <laughs> almost had that. You gave him a lot of credit on the OPS, though. Oh, did I? <laughs> His OPS is five hundred flat. Dang. He's awful. He's truly awful. One the worst players just... in baseball
1: right now. Plus there. minus one point is super hype for me.
0: Um, yeah, that is big for you. Proud of you for that.
1: Back to Lourdes briefly. Um, it's been a weird year, definitely. Um, I mean, he's a guy who who hit for like a considerable amount of power prior to uh, this season. And I I wouldn't necessarily rule out the changing of the baseball as him maybe changing his approach and deciding you know what if ball's not going to fly out as much because he's clearly swinging for more line drives totally um, and I like that yeah I actually I actually think it's kind of nice he is on pace for his worst OPS of his career but it actually would be a middle of the pack OPS plus for him uh, with one of the I don't years know what ahead this
0: is... go ahead sorry.
1: Just that one of the OPS plus years ahead of him, too, is 2020, which is, like, how much do you count that anyway? Like, he, he in theory, has improved per OPS plus from last year. And given the volume of pull-side power hitters in the Jays lineup, like, do I want him to hit double-digit home runs? Yes, but am I okay with him being, like, a 12-homer guy who hits closer to 290 300? I think I'd rather that than him being, like, a 20-homer guy who hits 270. I just think they have enough of that.
0: I was about to say, I I don't think this is a crazy take that every good team should have at least one like purely contact guy who's gonna go out there and try and hit doubles instead of trying to put the ball out of the bar ballpark on every swing. Um, especially when you're a team that has those guys. Like you said, if you have enough of the guys who are gonna hit from like two fifty-five to two seventy-five and drive the ball out of the ballpark, like your Teoscar Hernandez's and your your George Springer's and your Vladdy's and all those kinds of players, your Bows. I think it's Matt okay Rick. to have a guy who – exactly, Matt Chapman as well. I think it's okay to have a guy that's hitting 291 uh, and only five home runs. I think that's totally fine, just having the middle of your lineup, somebody who's just going to go out there and against any pitcher, work the count and try to get on base. I think that's fine. And in this era of baseball, for some reason – has gone to the wind and everybody wants a high OPS even if it means you're going to hit 200 with 45 home runs and be Joey Gallo which his kind of player is okay but if you had 9 Joey Gallos I'm not sure you'd win much
1: yeah it's though you know those those producers need someone to drive in for lourdes he's you know close to his career high and on base percentage and that's 2020 again which were, was a year he exploded in the shortened season good for him but i'm not gonna necessarily count those numbers too much um it is definitely the worst slugging of his career it's not even really that close um but most doubles of his career I, I, you know i i think yeah he provides something big there he's a good enough defender and um You could justify occasionally throwing Tapia in there instead of him if you want to just, you know, throw another lefty bat in. But for the most part, he'll improve the lineup every day. So if they can get him back soon, um, it would be pretty, pretty massive. But they have at least survived pretty well without him so far. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, All right, well, we will be back tomorrow to recap the Phillies series and preview the Rays series. But for now, thanks for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen today. Go make the second one, MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He's on the Locked On MLB podcast. Guy brings jokes. He brings enthusiasm, and he brings a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. It's the number one daily league wide podcast. It's locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That's Ben Shulman. We'll see you tomorrow.